Welcome to the Marian Message presented by the Mosaic of Marian podcast. Each week we'll hear God's Word explored by Dr. Henry M. Meadows Jr. as he preaches from the pulpit of Marian Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. We pray that this message will be a blessing and further your walk with God. Let's join him now. Hey there, Dan Amos here from the Mosaic of Marion. This week we have got a special treat for you. Our own high school senior, Ryan Meadows, is going to be sharing his message about having an obedient heart and a heart filled with love for God and the importance for every Christian's life. We hope you'll give it a listen. We know you'll enjoy it. There once was this priest and a taxi driver that were best friends. They both died on the same day. We don't know how, we don't know why. But as they were going to see Jesus on Judgment Day, the cab driver went first. God said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Here's a gold staff and a silk robe. And the priest back there, he's going, well, he got a gold staff and a silk robe. wonder what I'm going to get. You know, he goes up. God says, well done, my good and faithful servant. He gives him a wooden staff and a cotton robe. And the priest is going, How do I get this and he gets that? God says, well, while he drove, people prayed. But while you preached, people slept. (laughs) So (laughs) I just wanted to get that out there, hopefully calm my nerves a little bit. (laughs) Genesis 22, verses 1 through 18. I got this story from a TikTok, actually. (laughs) I know. And the story is, there's a Lutheran Museum painting called Checkmate. And it's about a a chess board and a chess game against a devil and a human. And the angel is watching over him. The devil's on this side laughing, thinking that he has won. The human's over here in despair, has his hands like this. One day, there was a, a tour going on with uh, world champions. And in there was a world chess champion. And the tour guide told them this piece is called Checkmate. It's about a person losing a battle to the devil. And they go on to the next painting. Well, the world chess champion just stands there looking at it. And when the tour guide notices that he's not with them, he comes back and says, sir, we have moved, moved on to the next painting. Would you mind coming with us? The world chess champion, he's very prideful. He goes, well, you know I'm a world chess champion, and I see stuff that nobody else sees. The tour guide's like, what are you saying? And he says, the world chess champion says, you are either going to have to change the name or change the painting, because the king has one more move. And that's where I got this message from. If you stand at the reading of God's Word. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he said, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Morah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him, and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to a place of which God had asked him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I I and the boy 
will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took, his, took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together, and Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb of a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to a place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood on the altar and bound Isaac to his son and laid him on the altar on the top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, as, as it is said to the day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies, and be blessed. Because you have obeyed my voice, so Abraham returned to his young men, and they arose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. Let us pray. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for everything that you have done for us. We thank you for allowing us to come into this place and worshiping, worshiping you, Lord. I pray you be with us as we go through this service, and hopefully they will hear you, but not hear me, Lord. I pray in your heavenly name. Amen. Amen. Right here, the first thing we see is that God tested Abraham. God told Abraham to take his son and offer him as a burnt offering. If that was today, I do not believe any father would do that, especially to their only son. I know my dad wouldn't do it. At least I hope not. But one of the reasons I know he wouldn't do it is because he loves me so much. I remember November 14, 2016. He probably don't remember this. It was the day I got saved. And it was at White Oak. I think it was the power team was there. It was revival. And they did their act, and they shared the gospel after, and they said, if you want to accept Jesus Christ, come up. I go up to the altar, altar, they told us to just stand there. I'm right there. And then, then they took us away to profess our faith. When Dad saw me, he got me. He picked me. I'm talking, y'all. It's a bear hug from him. He just got me, and he just lifted me up with love. And that's one of the reasons I know my dad wouldn't do this to me. God came to Abraham for a reason. God knew that he would obey the words of God. If more people today would understand and obey the words of God, this world would be so much better. Abraham knew he had to do this. Not only did it come from God, but he knew that in his faith and in his mind that he knew he had to do this. Take a job, for example. 
You're at your job. Your boss tells you to do something. You're going to do it, right? But if you don't do it, some stuff can happen. You either get in trouble or worse, you can get fired. When we show our faith and our willingness to obey God, God will bless us with the most assuring and everlasting love we have ever felt. That's from verse 16 through 17. The second thing we see is God had one more move. See, that's where I got king has one more move, God has one more move. Y'all get it. Verse 10, verse 10, when Abraham was aimed and ready to kill his son for his offering, God stopped him. Why did he stop him? Think of, think of hunting. I remember one day, me and dad was hunting, and I can't remember where it was, but he spooked a deer. I had stopped at this um, stand. I was going up, and he spooked a deer. Well, I heard it coming. I was already aimed, ready to get to it. And I get a call from him. He said, do not shoot that deer. I say, why? He says, just a spike. So I obeyed him. I knew not to go off of what my dad said. So I knew I shouldn't have shot at it, which I did, but... <laughs> I wanted to get a deer that day, okay? I didn't care what it was, I just wanted to get a deer. And if you're a Meadows, you know how that feels, but... <clears throat> But why did God stop Abraham when he told him to offer him up as a, burnt, as a sacrifice? God stopped Abraham because he saw Abraham's faith and his willingness to do what God had told him. See, that's the thing. We should always have the faith that God will tell us what to do, and he will show us how to get there, whether we like it or not. I mean, I'm nervous as heck up here, okay? Y'all can probably see me, I'm walking. Y'all can't see me shaking a little bit. But I felt like I needed to do this. It's just one of those things where you get something on your head and it's just there, you know? But also, this also reminds me of another person's faith in the Bible. Turn to Matthew 9, 20 through 21. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for twelve years came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment, I will be made well. This woman had so much faith that she believed if she touched Jesus' garment, she would be healed. Imagine what it would feel like if we had such a bad disease. This disease kept her from going into the house of God and worshiping. They would not let her in. But that didn't stop her from going to touch his garment. Just think, if we had that type of disease, and all we had to do was touch his garment, we'd be healed. That just reminds you of her faith and reminds you how, we, how our faith should be. It'd be like the likeness of her. This woman's story, I have a lot of like sub-stories, but yeah. This woman's story reminds me of Matthew 17, 20.
He said to them, Because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. If we have faith as small as a mustard seed, do y'all know how small a mustard seed is? That thing is smaller than the seed you get in those packets at the gardening place or Home Depot or th those kind of places. I was about to bring one in, but I couldn't find one, you know? <laughs> Say what? You're right. You're right. This woman makes me believe that if we even have the smallest faith in the world, or even the biggest, then God will bless us all the same. He doesn't have fav favorites. God loves us with the most equally love anybody has. When you, when you want to achieve on something or accomplish it, you have to strive to do it. This woman that I read about, she strived to go touch the hem of his garment. She knew that that would make her healed. She strived to get there. I'm not that great at golf, okay? But I strive to be my best. I strive to beat my dad. I haven't yet done it yet, but it will one day. It will one day. I'm coming for you. <laughs> but we need to strive. That's her faith. At every, I have another story. I got a lot of stories. At every Meadows Clan cookout, Hank's about to say amen to this. Me and Drew try to beat Dad and Hank. What was the last holiday? Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Me and Drew finally did it. What was it, two games? It was something like that. I was just happy. Y'all know. We play at every single cookout, and they usually beat us, but this time, it was just amazing. I just wanted to, yeah. If we strive to have the faith as this woman, then not only will it impact our lives, but it will impact the people around us. When somebody sees you living with the Lord, they're going to be like, I want what they have. They see the joy and the happiness that you have. But if you're doing bad stuff, they're going to be like, I don't like that. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to be with them. I'm not going to hang around them. We have to strive to have that faith that we impact others' lives. I always lose my place. We have to plant the seed, in, seed of God in people. By that way, we impact their lives. Take disciples, preachers, missionaries. You don't even have to have a title to do it. You could do it at your job. Just think, if you... Every time you met somebody new at your job and you wanted to share the gospel with them, the Bible says that when anybody gets saved, the angels rejoice. You know how much praise that would be? If one person gets saved, the, all of heaven rejoices. I have a friend. I'm not going to say their name. Um, I have been praying for him for I don't know how long now. He had been grown up in a bad childhood, been doing the worst things you can imagine. And about three weeks ago, I got a phone call from him, said, Ryan, I need God. 
I need him. I feel his presence. I just need him. I'm sorry, y'all. I have been praying for this guy for so long. And he finally did. If you saw me, you would have thought I was a Baptocostal. Where's Nancy at? <laughs> I was jumping for joy, I'm telling you. And every day I get a message from him saying, first is in the morning, says, good morning, Ryan. What can you tell me about God today? Don't that just make you happy? I didn't want to cry today, but... That shows us that our faith doesn't have to start strong. It's like a baby when it's born, it grows into their life. Our faith can start as small as a mustard seed and grow to as high as the Empire State Building. We have to have the faith that God will provide everything that we need. Take cars, for example. You have faith in cars to get you from point A to point B, right? You wouldn't get in if you didn't have the faith in As long as we have faith and we we let God move in our lives, then God will bless us in the most unexpected ways, such as money problems, relationship problems. Any problem you just lay at his feet, he will take care of. Now, this is the part. Y'all don't have to turn to this because I'm using quite many uh, verses. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and Jeremiah 29, 11. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding and always acknowledge him and he will make your, your path straight. And Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. We have to have the faith and trust in God that he will be with us every step of the way and that he will provide what we need. I just had in my mind. There's a song out there, Kim, you might know. It says, he's with us every step. There's a song out there, I promise you. (laughs) It's a song, I promise. I can't remember it right now, but we have to know in our hearts that God will never lead us somewhere that he doesn't think we could go in life. He won't lead us somewhere where we cannot go. He didn't lead me up here knowing that I would fail. He didn't leave me up here thinking that I would not do anything. We must, with an entire submission, depend on him to do all things and lean not to our own understanding. What is our own understanding? What we want to do. We can't do what we want to do. It might be God's plan. We don't know that for sure. We have to do what God's plan is. We have to do what he calls us to do. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and the rivers in the desert. 
Basically, what this is saying is do not dwell on the past, but look to the future and have faith that God will make you new. Do not dwell on the past. Well, you can't be going, I should have done this, I should have done that. What could I have done differently? We have to trust that God is leading us in the way that is His plan. We might stagger from it sometimes, but God always leads us back. Always. John 5, 8-9. through 9, Jesus said to him, Get up, take your bed, and walk. And at once this man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Jesus told the man what he could not do. This man was paralyzed. Now, if you go up to somebody paralyzed today and say, get up and walk, you think they're going to do it? They paralyzed, they can't. But God did the impossible. All things are possible with God. He told a paralyzed person to get up and walk. He challenged the man to believe him for the impossible. God challenges us every single day. He puts obstacles in our way. I said that wrong. I'm sorry. He gets us through the obstacles in our way. He will help us get where he wants us to go. It might be hard. It might be easy. You never know. The man responded in his faith as he believed in God that he would be healed. Why, why do we always doubt and say no to God? We think we cannot do the things that God is calling us to do. I believe God is calling me to do this. At first, I was a little skeptical. 2021, at Fuge, I felt something when the pastor was talking. I didn't do nothing that whole year. Fuge of 2022, I failed him again. I went straight to Sarah after the preacher was talking. And he was talking. All he was saying was, listen to the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit. Listen to the Spirit. That's when I knew I had to do something. That's when I went to Hank and Drew. You should have seen me at that Bible study. I was, you can probably ask Sarah, I was over there just minding my own business, just over here fiddling with my hands. I was nervous. And then they called me to pray. I've cried most every feud I've went to. You can ask Drew. He says, I cry like a baby. I sometimes shake the whole house down, but hey. But I just knew I had to do something for God. I knew I had to be up here. We cannot say no to God. Why can't we say no? One, we would miss the blessings of God. And two, we would live in the knowing that we would disobey God. If you disobey your parents, isn't that one of the most dreadful feelings ever? You wouldn't want to disobey your parents. Why would you want to disobey God? I know everybody knows this verse. 
Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can do anything that God wants us to do. He's going to make the way for us. All we have to do is sit back and go. That sounds not right. But you get what I mean. We <laughs> you can tell I'm a Meadows, can't you? <laughs> God strengthens us and gives us the courage to do His will. We must always put we we must always also put this precious statement of faith in connection with John fifteen five. For without me, you can do anything. With Jesus, all things are are possible. We cannot do anything by ourselves. We cannot. This is my life verse right here. Romans 5, 8 through 9. But God shows his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. He knew we would sin, yet he died for us. Why? I can't think of anybody in the world that would die for somebody with that much love. Bless you. <laughs> he died for neither of those that are righteous or good, but he died for every single person that ever lived and that will ever live. Y'all, we were the ones that were supposed to be on that cross. We were destined for hell, but God moved. The king had one more move. He sent his son, Jesus, to die for us. Think of how people nowadays, half of the people don't give the gratitude for God sending his son to die for us. The two most powerful words in the Bible that Hank always says, but God. God moved by sending his son for an offering. And the Bible says that every time someone gets saved, the angels rejoice. I already said that, but I'm going to say it again. We should look forward to meeting somebody new and sharing the gospel with them. Every single day. I work in retail at the Leg of Town and Country. And some days I'm just, I don't want to be there, don't want to do nothing, don't want to work, don't want to see nobody. Y'all have them days too. Everybody does. But some days, have you ever just felt God saying, go talk to him, go talk to him, go talk to him? He's like edging you on, pushing you towards that person. The other day, I was at work, and this guy came in. You could tell he was struggling with something. He was down. Um, he was just sad. And I went up to him. You know, in retail, every, every, I mean, every employee says, hey, how you doing today? You find everything all right? I did that. And he said, yeah, I'm okay. So I went on by my business, going around, putting boots up, straightening, 
Um, but I felt God draw me back to him. I felt God saying, go talk to him, go talk to him, go talk to him. So then I went up to him, and I asked him again, you find everything all right, sir? He said, yeah. I said, can I ask you one thing? I asked him if I could share the gospel with him. Because you could tell he was, something was wrong with him. He had been struggling with depression and all that type of stuff. And I asked him, after I shared the three circles with him, I had that on my phone. I shared that with him, and I asked him, do you have a church you can go to? He said, yes. And I asked him, do you want Jesus to be in your life? He said, yes. You could just hear the angels rejoicing, I'm telling you. But sometimes, when we don't want to share with somebody, if I had said no, what is usually our reaction? We just stay away. We don't want to hear the word no. We're scared that somebody is going to say no. And we should always be fearful, not fearful, fearless that whatever they say will be okay. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come, to him, come into him and eat with him, and he with me. We have to remember, to let God move in our lives, we have to let him in first. Okay? There's this one door, it's a painting of it. God's on this side of the door. There's a human over here. There's a doorknob on this side, but not on that other side. God's just sitting there knocking. Keeps on knocking. We have to let him in our lives to move in our lives. This is how, this is how we need to strive in our daily walk each and every day. The aspect of faith reminds me of one of God's names, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. That's one of my favorite names. We had impact, was it last year? Last year on the names of God. And Jehovah Jireh, you can see all my notes. The whole page is full. That's just one of my favorite ones. But since I pulled that out, Abraham called the mountain that he was about to offer up his son, Jehovah Jireh. God provided the ram in his place. God provided Jesus to come and die for us. John 3.16, everybody knows this one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall perish. No, shall not perish. I'm sorry, y'all. Shall not perish but have everlasting life. We have to remember that we can't provide everything that we need or won't, but God will provide everything that we need. You have to remember to let God move, you have to let him in first. If you do not remember anything I say to this, remember this. God cares more about your holiness than your happiness. 
If you're not happy with your holiness to be with God, something's wrong there. You are truly happy when your holiness is in God. So my two questions today is, is your holiness and happiness with God? And are you going to let God move in your life today? Thanks for listening to the Marian message presented by the Mosaic of Marian podcast. If you would like to know more, you can reach us on our Facebook page or on our website, www.marianbcva.com.